It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we survived two weeks of the preseason. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, you know, better now that we've gotten some more positive medical reports. Uh, so, and again, positive being the outcome being positive, not the yeah, medical results being uh, positive. Sunday so, was a stressful yes. day. Sunday morning, trying it to was. just wait, scroll yeah. through your Twitter feed every every minute to try to see yeah. what happens. Um, yeah, yeah, but such is the but preseason. We survived, so we'll to live to, to fight another day, at least for now. Right. So we'll 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 have more of these, I'm sure. So coming up on today's show, we review the Cowboys' second preseason game. Uh, and we're going to do things a little bit differently in this show. Instead of you know talking about the actual game and some of the plays that happened, uh, we're going to talk about what we learned from the game. But before we do that, uh, let's go ahead and just update everybody on the injury situations going on. Uh, as I'm sure you guys have heard, Zach Martin, no structural damage to the knee. Sounds like he has a bone bruise. The team is still confident that he is going to be ready for week one. Um, Travis Frederick is going to see some specialists over the next couple of days. It doesn't sound like it's anything ma- or major, uh, but it sounds like maybe they're trying to figure out a way to prevent these stingers from happening. But again, uh, don't expect him this week to practice. Um, but I want to talk about Zach Martin. Uh, he got injured on the second drive, or was it the third drive? I think it might have been the third drive in the Cowboys preseason game. Uh, on a play, he was just pulling uh, to the right and got a knee to the helmet. But, Landon, you actually had an interesting kind of story with Zach Martin after the game that I thought our listeners would enjoy. So go ahead and tell us about that. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> this is kind of just more of an interesting personal note, I guess, than anything. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, during the whole thing, that whole just discussion that was – kind of going back over with my wife who my wife is not a you know i, I know some people have like w- you know wives and partners and uh, and that are like uh in the trenches with them and they're my my, sure. my wife could not be separate more separated from what goes on with the cowboys <laughs> than if she wanted to be uh so i was kind of just recapping like you know oh uh, how she was like, how the game go? And I was just like, well, it was it was fine, but you know, my favorite player got hurt, and then I, you know, I realized as I said it that that was that 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 was true, like that that Zach is my favorite player on the team now, and that like it was kind of just an interesting, real, you know, it, people, I guess, you know, we all kind of experience that where you say something out loud, and, and at the moment you say it out loud, you realize that it's true, uh, and then that's kind of what just what happened there is that it just it was. And it, and, and it made that moment even more terrifying because it's like, oh, it's my favorite player who's uh, maybe out for right, the season. Exactly. But uh, thank goodness we got some positive news there because obviously, uh, 
he's a huge part of what we're trying to do this season. And, you know, I, I, people want to keep talking about the bone bruise because we all have, uh, you know, Anthony Spencer, uh, James Hanna. dancing in our head. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, both of those, uh, it, the injury is a hyperextension. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you go back and watch the injuries, like Anthony Spencer's injury was terrifying. Right. Absolutely. Zach Martins was like, the only reason we were freaking out is because he didn't get up afterwards and he didn't go back to the huddle. Like, it wasn't like we watched some brutal knee injury or anything. Like he took a helmet to the knee. You know, like that's and it wasn't like his knee bent or weird way. And or, it didn't plant and Hannah, stick in the ground or anything like that, right? Yeah, Hannah had like had, you know, knee surgery after knee surgery after knee surgery, and like I don't even know that like they're even planning any surgery for Zach Martin. So I I, I know I understand like the the and the other thing too is that as several people have pointed out, bone bruise is like a kind of a made up term. You know, it's like term, it's like yep. a it's a catch-all term, sure. uh, and and they and and you know some people have implied that that's like a uh, 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 applied that with negative connotation that like they're like they don't know what's going on or you know I think the other way of putting that is that you know he's got a contusion, you know, and it's like it's so it's like there's nothing really more to put that and they don't keep mentioning the bone bruise they keep mentioning the hyperextension part of it so. so uh, to me, I, that's the injury. Is there may be a small contusion there as well, but I, I don't. I, I know. I know. There's a. Uh, there's a. There's a kind of a, a tendency to go towards the negative there, but I just and it's just like the same thing with Frederick. You know, they talked about how they're getting a second or third opinion there. Like, I, I think everyone's mind went to, oh, is there another secret injury that like he's waiting to see if be revealed. I don't think it's anything nefarious like that as much as I think it's a, a, a guy who hasn't inflammatory based injury trying to get second and third opinions on how best to handle that kind of ongoing how to best you know do what he needs to do without having this thing flame up every once in a while now the cowboys had another offensive lineman i don't remember was it martin or smith that had stingers a couple years ago and they, I, I'm trying to. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like it, Smith has dealt with them before for sure. Yeah, like, and I feel like I feel like Martin has also had stingers before. A stinger is really a pretty common injury, like especially in the in the, in the trenches, you know. Right. Um, I, I think it's one of those things. If if the Cowboys had a game on Sunday to play, I fully expect both of those guys to play. That's why I'm not really worried about Zach Martin being available for Week One. Is I think he may be the toughest player on the team. I think you'll see him out there. Will he be a hundred percent? Maybe not. Uh, but ninety. I bet per- he will. Yeah, I, I mean, even ninety percent of Zach I mean, Martin I, is better than any other guard in the NFL. The way he, the way they were talking today, like at the at the press conference, like it wasn't even like, will he be back for week one? It, it, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Jason Garrett said the words, "He should be back soon," like right. almost implying that he may come back to training camp practices okay so you know so i mean you know you know what i'm saying like i feel like it's it's he's coming back for week one it's more just like wow what a scare let's let's just be careful with him kind of thing you know sure um and a couple other bits of news uh before we jumped on the show the cowboys signed two players defensive tackle karan reed from princeton who i know a lot of people in the draft community liked uh, a while ago and safety dominic sanders uh, to replace really a couple different players, Xavier Woods is going to be out a while with a hamstring injury. The Cowboys uh, put safety Jameel Showers 
on the injured reserve after tearing his ACL. Uh, they just need depth at that's, those positions. Uh, Sanders is a ball hawk who you can play as a free safety. Uh, doesn't love to tackle. Um, but again, you're just trying to find guys to get you through the preseason. I know a lot of people have asked, if does this rule out George Iloka or Earl Thomas? I, I don't think that's the case. I think Sanders and maybe even to an extent Karan Reed are just guys that are going to get you through the rest of the season. Uh, the Cowboys also today uh, waived injured defensive tackle Richard Ash. So that's another reason why Reed was signed. Um, I know you have some thoughts on Reed. I'll let you go ahead and get to him. Uh, well, first, I'll, let me just say about the safety. Uh, you know, I don't really know anything about him personally or wh- about his game at all. But I'll just say that, as far as what how it affects, you know, uh, possible Iloka, Iloka or, or Earl Thomas trade or Iloka signing, uh, you know, I, there's that old saying: never, you know, shop while you're hungry. Sure. You know, and I think right. I think that's a, like a very much imply here is that hey, we need a guy to get us. It just it practices right now, and if we go to these, you know, if we go to negotiate a contract with Iloka or go to negotiate a trade with Earl Thomas, while we have only you know two healthy safeties on our roster, uh, then it you know it's gonna be it's gonna make the job that much more difficult, you know. So I think that's so the just kind of a longer way of saying absolutely this doesn't rule out anything with either one of those guys because I, I just think you need a guy to get you through practice right now so uh as far as Karan Riga's I you know I had him uh as a late third round nose tackle so I liked him a lot I thought he had a lot of great physical tools especially for what they like in this defense uh he, he's got he's he's explosive uh, he can move for a guy his size um, I, I think he can be a handful on the move. I I, on it, I've, I have not kept up with his career so far uh, in the NFL. I know he got drafted by the Lions, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um. Uh. So, but I haven't really followed it since then. I'm just hoping that you know, this is a guy that uh, you know he has he had tools in college or he had, had tools at one point. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe this is a guy that Rod Marinelli can kind of get something, get his career back on track. I mean, you know, if not, just a rotational body in there, you know. Uh, Reed's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. He spent two years with the Lions, then he went to the Chargers, back with the Lions, and then last year he was with the Colts and the Redskins. Uh, just hasn't found a home. I still think he's a a good enough player to be a one technique in the NFL, but we'll see what Rodney Marinelli can do over the next couple weeks. Um, when we Real get quick, yeah, Colts, go ahead. Uh, Colts and the Redskins both have pretty decent depth at defensive tackle. Like that's the one thing. The one thing the Colts might have is defensive tackles. And the Redskins uh, and, and the Redskins have depth, but they Redskins also play tons of them. <laughs> but they also play a 3-4 and I don't think that's Reed's best spot either. No. No. So there could be a lot of a lot of circumstance in his bouncing around. I mean, you don't want to make excuses, but that's that's how you find these guys, you know. Absolutely. Uh when we come back, we will talk about what we learned from the Cowboys second preseason game. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. I want to talk a little bit about Michael Gallup. Uh, played in just the first three series with the first team. Uh, again, impressive. Didn't have a, a big highlight play like he had in the first week of the preseason. Uh, but Michael Gallup, two receptions. Uh, both came on third down. Both were on slants. Uh, my takeaway from this game is I think there's a really good chance that he may become Dak's favorite receiver on third down. Now, I know that Cole Beasley uh, has been missing the last couple weeks of practice. Uh, I, I know that he wasn't available. I know Zeke wasn't there. But it just seemed like when Dak needed to get a first down, that's the guy he was looking towards. Uh, Gallup beat Trey Kirkpatrick both times off the line of scrimmage in press coverage. Uh, I just love his game, and I'm really impressed by how far along he is in the process. Normally, these receivers, they take a couple years before they can become reliable players, especially as ex-receivers. So I'm just impressed so far. I'm really starting to believe that he could become – the Cowboys' number one outside receiver this year. Uh, any thoughts on Michael Gallup this week? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that we, you go into the season hoping that he has several of these guys that he can rely on as, as you know, as third down, uh, you know, receivers, third down options. You know, I, I, I think the, the the reason we've seen such a concerted effort on their part to, for, you know, kind of not force the ball, but really kind of work the ball at at him in, in these scenarios is because, you know, they need, I think they, you know, Dak knows he can trust Cole Beasley. Uh, I think he, he knows he can probably rely on uh, Swaim because he's been there a little bit before. Um, and I think that now he's trying to develop that same kind of, you know, rapport with with uh, Gallup in these games, uh, it, just to kind of add another name to that. You know, uh, that third down or you know need, need to have it kind of receiver situation. So I don't know if it's necessarily that they're working him into the role of being the go to guy when they need it, or if it's just a matter of trying to add more names to that potential you know expanding list. Of guys that they uh, can rely on to make the play when when they need it, uh, and they've got single coverage. Can they can they rely on you to win and and uh, get the, get the first down, touchdown, whatever it is? All right, our, my second note that I have on here that I actually didn't talk about with you pre-show, so this might be a little bit of a surprise, but um, I want to talk about Chaz Green. Um, I thought after the Atlanta game that he would bounce back um, and that after a uh, an offseason where he worked with uh, a couple offensive line specialists, um, that he'd be able to get his confidence back up. Uh, but through two preseason games, I, I'm, I just don't think Chaz Green is going to make it here in Dallas. He just doesn't look like the same player that we saw in 2016. I think maybe he needs a change of scenery. Uh, and I'm, now I'm officially concerned that he's not going to have a roster spot uh, on this 2018 Dallas Cowboys team, uh, what do you think about Chaz Green so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's clearly been a struggle with him, and I, I, to me, it's it's all mental, it's all confidence. I mean, I think it's oh, absolutely, yeah, 100. Take it doesn't take, yeah, it doesn't take very much to see, you know, to to see that because I mean, he does it perfectly fine, uh, you know, for. You know, three or four reps, and then he can't do anything right. You know, and so, 
And and then you just see it, you know, when it's it, you don't you don't just have perfect technique, you know, multiple snaps in a row, and then suddenly just forget how to do it for long stretches. Like he, he it's he doesn't have, I think the it's either you know a confidence level or it's the uh, mental endurance, you know, the the concentration level that needs to be maintained for stretches of time in order to continue. Because I mean, I think. When you're an offensive lineman, it's it's you know focusing on your technique, doing the executing the play, and it's a play by play kind of grind, and it's just on to the next thing. And if if he can't let go of of you know previous snaps, success or failures, then it's it's going to be a difficult job to do. Uh, and I think you know it's just you're you're right. I think it's just one of those things where I I, I you know I feel pretty strongly that he probably is not likely to make the team. I mean I think that's pretty clear. Um, but I, you know, I think you know we'll see if a change of scenery can help the guy out because I, you know, if he has the the ability. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen that. Uh, I think it's it's just he can't consistently get himself, you know, locked in well enough to to execute the way he needs to. It's part of that because he just it seems like he misses a lot of practice time, and not with big injuries. It seems like there's always one or two practices out of the week where. You know, he's just not able to finish the practice because of hydration issues or little tweaks. It could, you know, the limited practice reps be an issue? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Of course. I mean, it, it, you know, look, if, if you can't get all the work that you need, all the practice, I mean, obviously, the more practice reps you get, the more confident you're going to feel in what you're doing. The more muscle memory that you get, it becomes second nature. And, and the more it becomes second nature, the, 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 the less you get affected by your confidence, I, you know, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's not just that confidence helps you. It's just that confidence doesn't become as much of an issue because you're, it's becomes like a emotion that is unprompted. It's just, it's what the way you do it, you know? And uh, I think for him, you know, it's, it's, it's compounding. It's, it's, it, the two things are hurting each other. You know, it's, it's, he's not getting the practice reps and therefore he's not feeling confident. And, uh, and then, you know, he's, he's going out there and trying to, to work extra hard. And then as he's doing that, he's, he's, you know, becoming dehydrated and pulling stuff. And it's, it's, it's kind of an, an ugly cycle at this point, I think for him. And, and I, I, I just feel like you're, you're right that he's, I don't know that he can recover his reputation here, you know, for what I just, I think it's time probably for him to kind of try to try it someplace else to see if he can. All right. One more offensive player and then we'll move on to the defense. Um, and I don't want to spend a, a lot of time on this because everybody and their brother and sister have had an opinion on Rico gathers. Uh, but I, uh, I wanted to talk about him really quickly because I think, I think this is important. Um, I don't believe that Rico Gathers should be the top, a top two tight end on the Cowboys roster right now. He's just he's just not as good of a player as uh, Blake Jarwin and Jeff Swaim. He just can't do all the blocking stuff. He's not as reliable as a route runner. But I think on Saturday night you still got a glimpse of what he can do as a receiver. Uh, his the play that he where he plucked the pass right over top of the defender uh, was incredible. It was one of the only three explosive plays the Cowboys have had on offense uh, throughout the game. Uh, that skill set is hard to find, and I know I, I know there's a lot of people who don't trust him, and I know there's people that say that the coaches don't trust him, and maybe the players don't want him. But to find a guy with that receiving ability is so difficult to find um, that I think you need to keep 
you can keep him on the roster, keep developing and him and see what happens. I, I just think it's harder to find that type of player than it is uh, a Dalton Schultz who, you know, can be a decent blocker, decent receiver. Um, I, again, I, I don't think he needs to be an every down player, but I think you can find a role for Rico. That are, those are my thoughts. Tell me why I'm wrong, Landon. <laughs> well, I just think we all just dis- disagree on, on, you know, the I, I I think the issue is that there's a disagreement on my part of what the actual upside is here because uh, you know because I, I I think you know you talk about his prowess as a receiver he's not really a great receiver either you know like I mean that's the thing is that he in terms he of needs nuances some... and that kind of stuff no he's not he's not a polished receiver at all yeah and and and, and like that I mean that will. There are definitely times when that's going to be a trump card for him, and he's going to be able to win, you know, uh, here or there, you know, just despite of all that. But it's 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 not like like I I don't think that he can become. I don't think he can become more than just like a part time red zone weapon as far as an offensive football player. And and that's fine. And and if and if you want to bring him onto the team as that, I can get on board with that one hundred percent. But in order for me to get on board with that, he needs to become like more adept at blocking, so that he can be you know which a, he has two way player to a certain he, degree. To, which he which he which he has to a certain degree, and he needs to, and that needs to translate into more special teams. I would agree. The, the 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 problem that it seems that they clearly are having with him and they've stated it is that he's having issues continually to running the plays correctly and and you know that's going to be problematic you know and i think you know it's funny because everyone talked about that everyone showed that clip where Dalton Schultz and and Rico ran into each other and then threw up their hands like god i wonder which one of them screwed it up Schultz. i mean give me a break we <laughs> We know who screwed it up. Like it, you know, one one of them is a guy who is known who came into the league as a technician and has been playing tight end for I don't know ten years and has run a mesh you know concept at at Stanford before. And the other one is a power forward who we're trying to teach how to play football, and he managed to block our tight end in a route. Hey, he blocked somebody so, though. Can't be upset. I with that. mean, yeah. So <laughs> I guess my point is is that I'm all for making exception for talent like and 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 especially i'm all for making a roster spot for a guy who can provide a trump card but how much but i i need to identify how much this even is a trump card because i think that that's the thing is that we see a, a big catch here or there against uh, the other team's fourth team defensive back situation and come on let's let's i mean and a part of that is when he's going in i understand but but at the same time it's it's it doesn't make what he's doing any more impressive. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just means that there's going to be times when he's going to be able to use his natural skills and it's going to be a trump card, but he can't seem to consistently unlock those skills to use it as a trump card at will. Like the way that we, I guess all assumed that he would. 
Yeah. That, so it, that's it, that's where I'm at with it. Is that he, to me, the the goal? He, he's not a 40 catch. Like you know, I heard uh, someone was saying that he could go some other team. Nick Eatman, I think, said on the on Talking Cowboys today. He's like, well, you're gonna feel bad if he goes to some other team and catches 40 passes. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I cannot imagine. Like, maybe I'm gonna have a huge egg on my face a year from now, but I cannot imagine this guy going to someplace else and. Catching that many passes, I think it, even if he goes to another team, he'll be a uh, you know uh, occasionally used uh, specialized weapon. I just don't know he's that he's got upside for anything more than that. I don't think he'll be like a forty to fifty catch guy. I think where his value will come is I, I could see him catching six, seven touchdowns on twelve receptions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I, and I'm all on all on board with him doing that. But there's also like a minimum requirements for that job that you've got to clear first, you know, like you can't just be the touchdown catch guy because honest to God, Blake Jarwin could do that job and a litany of other ones. Blake Jarwin could do 75% of that job plus a hundred percent of 12 other jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like I, 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 you know, I, I, that's my, that's my, like this doesn't, you know, everyone wants to talk about, well, how bad it's like Blake Jarwin needs to get better at blocking, blah, 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 blah. I mean, we're not even talking about Blake Jarwin on the scale of where Rico is. Rico's off the scale down. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's where I think there's a, there's a disconnect is that like people think that, that, Oh, Rico's close to these other guys in this other areas and he's way above them in receiving. It's like, no, he's way below them in, in all these other categories. And he might be a little bit above some of them in receiving. Coming up, we are going to talk about the Cowboys defense, specifically Randy Gregory and Jeff Heath. So stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, I want to talk about Randy Gregory. Uh, first game back with the Cowboys, and I don't know what five hundred something days. I don't know what the the days was, but it was absolutely insane. Um, it was awesome to see him back in the football field. His first snap of the game, uh, he kind of long armed the Bengals left tackle, kind of disrupted Andy Dalton's uh, throw down the sideline to AJ Green. Looks significantly bigger this year than he did uh, in twenty sixteen when we last saw him. You can see that he put on a lot of good weight. Um, still looks as quick as ever. Um, what were your thoughts from Randy Gregory in his first game back? Well, I'd like to. Yeah, the first thing is that I thought it was hilarious that his first rush was an inside power move. I thought that was so great. I love savvy. That. You know, like I love it because I think it's like you know everyone knows who Randy Gregory is. Here he comes out on his first snap. You know, it's like it's like. It's like putting Nolan Ryan out there, like after he's been out for four or five years. It's like, and then throwing a he throws a changeup for his first pitch. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like the batter swung ten minutes ago, and the ball finally floats across the plate. And it, yeah, it's just like, it, yeah, I mean that's what it was like. You know, he 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 went inside on him, and 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 immediately, you know, I think just by pure shock, uh, the offensive tackle spot uh, part uh, got you know a little bit of pressure. Uh, I thought he looked great. I mean, you know, again, hasn't played football in two years. Um, was able to go against a starting 
offensive lineman in the NFL and a really good one kind of Cordy yeah, Glenn is a really good kind tackle. Of, kind of worked him over a little bit, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, didn't get the sack. I mean, there was that one time he was definitely gonna get a sack, and then they they called uh, uh, the false start on the defense. On, yep. I mean, uh, on offense, uh, and then another time where his he put uh, Glenn in such bad body position that I'm pretty sure that Dalton sensed that, and that's what forced that kind of errant throw on that switch release to Green. Where he had gotten a step, yeah, that uh, was two his, steps on. on that was Brown. his first one, the first snap of the game that he had. Was that his first snap? Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was. Uh, are you sure that was his first one? Yeah, I that, thought it was like his second. No, that was the first. Okay, one. well, either way, either way, yeah. Like he, I think that's that's the uh, you know that's that's pretty impressive for a guy that again as <laughs> just started practicing a week ago <laughs> and, and for the first time in a very very long time. So I you know I have said I mean. You know, everyone's kind of hedging their bets now, but I have been adamant since the beginning that I think it is absolutely possible for him to do this because he is one of those guys like Rolando McClain, like, you know, Josh Gordon, like, you know, these guys who David Irving is just so, so, yeah, I mean, probably to a certain degree, just so naturally talented for what they're being asked to do that. You know the, your your normal level of of uh, of skepticism for their ability to come off of a couch and play NFL football is not necessary, is or at least is not as as necessary. I, I think you know he obviously they need to work into shape, but I mean there are some people that are just made to do this, and Randy Gregory is just made to rush the passer. Uh, I want to add a qu- quick couple notes. If you go back and rewatch that game, watching Glenn versus Gregory was really fun because I still think Glenn is one of the top seven or eight left tackles in the league, and Gregory gave him all he could handle. Now, you could see some of the rust from Gregory. There was a spin move that was pretty sloppy that Glenn stuffed right at the line of scrimmage. Uh, But, man, Gregory's get-off is still really, really impressive. Uh, The other note that I had is that first third down of the game, that the pressure that we're talking about where he, uh, Dalton missed A.J. Green. On that play, the Cowboys had Demarcus Lawrence at left end, Tyrone Crawford and Coney Ealy inside with Randy Gregory on the outside. I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. They want to get a lot of speed uh, on their defensive line. Uh, they don't really have, right now, with their defensive tackle situation, they don't have a guy that needs to be in there in every snap. So I think they're going to mix and match some. Uh, that was really interesting. Uh, even on that play, it speed, was it, speed, it, speed, speed, yeah. speed. Even on that play, I found it really interesting that the first person off the ball was Tyrone Crawford, who actually got yep. the, the initial pressure. So, just something interesting to watch. And talking about speed, uh, this is our last note for today. I want to talk about Jeff Heath uh, because the player that I saw on Saturday night looks absolutely nothing like the player that we've seen in the last couple of years because Jeff Heath is absolutely flying around the football football field. He looks so comfortable in his role. They brought him down in the box a couple of times and kind of used him in that Cam Chancellor role where he could run sideline to sideline. Uh, he had a play on Joe Mixon where uh, Dalton threw the ball to the flat and, and Heath just met him there at, on being the opposite side of the field. Uh, just absolutely incredible. What have you seen from Jeff Heath in camp and through two preseason games? I, I, I mean, he's Heath is definitely the, the the player in that defensive backfield or in the safety position at least that 
uh, I feel the most comfortable about. I mean, I think Woods is has been good, and I think you know, unfortunately, that hamstring injury came at the risk of him. Finally, you know, not finally, but kind of finally showing that range that we knew that he had, or maybe one of the best plays that we've seen from him in a long time as a center fielder. Yeah, yeah, as a center fielder for sure. And uh, and one of the best plays we've seen a safety, one of our safeties make uh, as as from the center field in a while, I think. And um, you know, I I it's unfortunate, but I also think that um, you know he uh, hasn't been. Uh, standing out, which I think he's been on track, but I think that you know he to me uh, is just evolved into a uh, you know in the same way that Barry Church really you know evolved into the role. But the difference is that Heath really is a a very very good athlete too. Like I mean, he's he's probably top five fastest players on the team, um, and you know has has the range to kind of make the plays like you saw against Oakland last year, where he came all the way across the field and got just enough of a car to push him out of bounds to make him fumble the ball to the back of the end zone, save the game. And um, you know, I, I so I that's why I kind of feel I, I kind of feel like they're gonna need to either they're gonna need to bring a safety in. I I, I mean that's just how I feel. I I, I think if they could find safety. a way to. Br- a veteran, I I think they should. I, I I think if they could find a way to bring in a veteran safety, the good news here is that I feel confident about Heath playing starting at either one of those two positions. Really, like I, I think that Heath can play the back end as well. I don't know that he's uh, as much of a playmaker there as he might be at strong safety, but I feel confident that if you got a guy, a, a veteran guy who was a strong safety, if that's what you needed, a guy, uh, you you could. You could get by. I would feel better about a, a situation where Woods is my versatile third safety, and maybe even potential. And I was talking about this today. Maybe that gives him a little bit more potential to play some nickel nickel snaps as well, which which he did. You know, show some uh, an adaptability to play in the nickel. So I mean, as the nickel back, the the down the you know, nickel corner. Um, so I think that you know there's there's options there, but I think you know it all kind of centers on the idea that Heath is a guy who's you know developed as a just athletic undrafted guy who's a special teamer to a not a liability on the defense to a guy who is actually a you know a plus player on your defense and now you look back and suddenly he's been your interception leader for like the last two maybe three seasons I remember just a real quick story back in 2013 uh, I there was a certain radio station in Dallas uh, that was interviewing Jeff Heath, and Jeff Heath said his goal was to make the Cowboys 53-man roster that year. Uh, and they kind of laughed at him, joked at him, and said, okay, good luck, kid. Uh, we'll see if that happens. And I remember that year he made the team, and then he be- kind of became a laughing stock on Twitter because of that Calvin Johnson game uh, and then the Adrian Peterson game where uh, Peterson kind of picked him up and scared, scored a, touch- a game-winning touchdown. But, you know, you look at him now and, you know, he's probably their most reliable defensive back just in terms of uh, being able to play a lot of different positions. He has value on special teams. So it's been quite a journey for Jeff Heath. It's it's and not only that, but like I think that is such a great uh, lesson on context, you know, because, you know, he got posterized by Calvin Johnson. When he was a rookie free agent starter from Saginaw Valley State, yep. Like let's 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 examine that for a second. How was, uh, what was he even doing there? 
<laughs> what was he even doing sharing the same air as Calvin Johnson, you know, on the field at the same time? Like, instead of, like, mocking the guy for uh, not being able to stop maybe the most physically gifted wide receiver in the history of the NFL, you know, you know him and Randy Moss as far as just physically sure, gifted absolutely. players. Uh uh, why, why was it a, a guy who went to a, a, a college that was smaller than my high school, uh, uh, you know, now who made it on an NFL roster, unable to stop him? Well, because, you know, 99% of the guys that were first-round picks and free safeties probably couldn't have stopped him on that play. So right. I, I just – I love that because, to me, I see that and, and everyone's just like, well, this guy is terrible, blah, 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 and, and not realizing – it's quite the opposite, guys. Like this guy has done amazing things and overcome incredible odds to get where he is. Uh, and, and if that guy plus, you know, has the physical ability to do that, that's the guy you want to keep on your football team because if he can learn how to do the position, that guy will run through brick walls for you. And now we've got this guy, and he's uh, physically gifted. He's good now. He's kind of finally developed into the position he's as a as a defender, as a safety, uh, and now he's going to be ready to run through through Walsh. And you're going to see a guy who is beating Sean Lee to the a tackle for a loss. You know, uh, on a, on an instinctual play, you're going to see the kind of guy who is just constantly around the football. Who, when the ball goes up in the air uh, on a tipped pass, he's you know he's going to be there. Whether he is he's the guy that gets the interception or he's the second closest guy. Uh, it's just nice to have Jeff Heath in the backfield, and and all the ironic goat talk that went on, blah blah blah. It's uh now now it's not a, it's a whole lot less ironic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great stuff on Heath. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.